everybody, my name is Brian Rundle, and welcome to another edition of Run's House. As always, I appreciate you downloading and listening today. I am at the age where I feel like I'm still pretty in tune with what's going on. I'm pretty hip to what's happening. But some things get past me every once in a while, and one of those things was K-pop that I usually see on Twitter. Now, I was somewhat familiar with it because I kept seeing it, but I had no idea what it was and what it was for. So K-pop is short for Korean pop, which is also short for Korean pop music. And I would go on Twitter. I go on Twitter a lot because I use Twitter as a platform to try to get more listeners. And I'll go to a lot of the different topics that are trending every day. And I usually like to look at the political ones. And sometimes I would go on some of these trending topics and I would see them flooded with videos of Korean pop stars up on stage dancing and singing. And I'd every time be like, what is this? I don't I don't understand this. Why am I seeing this over and over and over again? And I just found out exactly what it was and what they do because of the rally Donald Trump held on Saturday night in Tulsa, Oklahoma that many were calling on Twitter Corona Palooza or the Emptiesburg Address. Just all the classic stuff that you could see on Twitter and online. So what K-pop does is they will go on certain trending topics to agitate the people who are trying to get that to trend. Now, it will continue to trend because there's lots of comments, but what they do is they flood it So the people on there have a hard time looking at all the other comments that they want to see that's positive towards the topic that is trending. So, for instance, White Lives Matters was trending after, of course, the George Floyd incident and the protests. So basically what that was, it was a topic for white supremacists and idiots and morons to get on there and say white lives matter as opposed to the black lives matter. But it was very difficult for them to go through that particular topic because it was flooded with these videos of Korean kids up on stage dancing and singing. And like I said, at first I was agitated because I had no idea what it was and why it was happening. Now I love it. It was fantastic. So the reason why I'm bringing K-pop up is, as many of you I'm sure have heard, K-pop may have played a little bit of a role in the low turnout for Donald Trump's Corona Palooza. What K-pop did is they flooded, apparently, the ticket requests for that particular, whatever it is you call it, hate fest, and may have scooped up some of the tickets. Now, they probably were responsible for the misinformation that the Trump campaign got because the Trump campaign was bragging that over a million people have requested tickets. They even built a separate stage on the outside of the arena because they thought it was going to be so flooded with people that they would have to do almost two shows. They would have to do one inside and that they would do one outside before the show for the people outside who were stuck, who could not get tickets to this ridiculous event. It's ridiculous on its face itself. But with the coronavirus still going on and numbers in Oklahoma and many other states continuing to rise to gather in an arena where 
billionaire companies like the NBA and Major League Baseball and all these other sporting events have said they're not going to do because they've taken the advice of doctors and not an orange, idiotic con man. They were going to go through with this event no matter what, especially with the incredible and overwhelming demand to see Donald Trump live. So with eggs on their faces and completely defeated by K-pop. And apparently uh, this also got on to TikTok as well. So what they would do is they would spread this quickly and put little videos up on how to do it. But then they would take it down quickly too because they did not want the mainstream media to get wind of this. Or they didn't want the Trump campaign to get wind of what was going on. So it was a very stealth-like mission that they could proudly hang a banner that says mission accomplished. So K-pop and TikTok were successful in their mission. However, it does not mean that the only reason for that arena being empty was because of what they did. It's my understanding that if you put in for a ticket request, it doesn't guarantee you a seat inside. It is really on a first-come, first-served basis. So it doesn't appear as if that rally was going to generate the sort of crowd that Donald Trump wanted anyway. But with eggs on their faces, of course, they had to go on the news shows and explain what happened. Now, the one that they came up with and quite frankly, if I were them, I would have stuck with the K-pop thing because it's a little bit more embarrassing. And at least you have some sort of excuse if you'd say, look, you know, we had all kinds of tickets ready and they were scooped up by people who are never going to come to the event. Use that even if it's a lie, because what you're saying now is a lie. And what they're saying now is because of the protesters that were out there and they weren't letting people through. Now, you got to be kidding me with that. They are saying in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there was so many protesters that people couldn't get through to the event. The millions of people that were lining up waiting to get into this arena were being held back by protesters. But do you know why that works? It doesn't work on me. It doesn't work on you. It works on the idiots that want to believe that that's true. And they know it. All they do is they come up with the strategy. It's like, look... What can we come up with where we can anger the crowd and blame the other side? Oh, I got it. Tell them the, you know, the protests, protesters are in the news right now. And what they'll do is assimilate protesters with looters and rioters and Antifa. And so then they can go around to work sounding like morons by telling their coworkers, yeah, Donald Trump would have had a million people in the thing there. Holy, can you, but I don't, I really don't believe how gullible people are. You know, I actually, I do. I believe people are gullible, but I don't believe how gullible they are for this guy who is a proven con man his whole life, his whole career. How do people keep falling for this? It's because they want to, I guess. It's because they just want to fall for it. They want to believe it. They want to believe that this guy is their superhero. So anyway, Donald Trump begins his event. He even admittedly during the event said that he was off his game in, a, in so many words. And I'm sure it had something to do with him looking around the arena and seeing a bunch of blue seats. And by the way, how ironic and how 
awesome is it that you look around, you see a sea of blue staring at you. But anyway, he gets in there and does all his normal bits, I guess. You know, he's a stand-up comedian when he gets there. He, of course, called the coronavirus the Kung Flu during this event. It was just a few short months ago that when somebody asked Kellyanne Conway about somebody in the Trump campaign calling it the Kung Flu, she was highly offended and said that there's no place for that and that is offensive and she wants to know exactly who it was who said it. Now the president, in full view, in public, uses the term Kung Flu, which of course is offensive, but he doesn't care and neither do his followers. They think it's hilarious. More racism, more racism. The more racism, the better. That's what those events are for. Then he proceeds to go into a diatribe about him walking down the ramp and taking a sip of water with two hands. He was mocked and criticized online because if you watch him walk down the ramp after his commencement speech at West Point, which, by the way, everybody was sent home because of the coronavirus, but Donald Trump, with his ego, Felt like he had to give a speech. So all these poor cadets had to come back just so they can be in attendance for this egomaniac. So anyway, during the speech, he takes a sip of water. And as you've seen on video many times, and this is, it really is a little bizarre. Every time he takes a sip of water with a cup, you've guys seen it a million times, I'm sure. He lifts the cup halfway up to his mouth and then he takes his other hand and helps push the cup up to his mouth. So he has to drink with two hands. It's bizarre. I, I've never seen a grown man have to do this. I see a toddler do it, but I've never seen a grown man do it, much less the president of the United States. So anyway, he was mocked online for it, but he will not let that go. There's no way his ego is going to allow him to be mocked. So he went into a three, four, five-minute diatribe about what actually happened that day, that he was wearing leather shoes and that the ramp was slippery. And when he got down to the bottom of the ramp, he actually ran the last 10 yards, which is just utterly ridiculous when you watch the video. But at the end of the day, who really cares? He was mocked. First of all, this guy is mocked constantly because he mocks constantly that's why this happens if he were a distinguished president whether you're on the right or you're on the left he would not be mocked as much yes in this climate we're going to see presidents get mocked either way because that's just the way it goes but because this guy is so first of all he's so sensitive his ego's so sensitive and on the other end of it he is vicious with anybody that disagrees with him, political opponent or somebody on his own side. He's absolutely vicious. So sometimes the counter reaction is to be vicious back. And that is what's going to happen with this guy because he is a nasty human being. And when you're a nasty human being, you're going to get nastiness back at times. But as Poor, fragile little ego can't handle it. So he feels like he's got to go into an explanation about what happened. And it just makes him look more ridiculous. 
But you see those idiots in the background going, Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Trump, you are hilarious. That is so true. The liberal left media and... Uh, uh, 2020, you know, 2016 was bad enough, 2017, 18, 19, we get to this year, this is just, it's just insane, and by the way, in Trump's rally, he had also mentioned that if they would just do less testing, then there wouldn't be as many cases, I mean, This is the president of the United States basically telling people that we don't need to see cases rising because we're doing too many tests. And if we do too many tests, the cases are going to rise and it's going to make me look bad is basically what he's saying. Now, of course, the sycophants on the news media coverage are out there saying he was just kidding. He was just joking like they always have to say. First of all, joking about a pandemic is not funny, especially coming from the president of the United States. Second of all, he wasn't joking because that's not the first time he said it. In fact, just a little over a week ago, he said, quote, So the media likes to say we have the most cases, but we do, by far, the most testing. If we did very little testing, we wouldn't have the most cases. So in a way, by doing all of this testing, we make ourselves look bad. He wasn't joking. He wasn't at a rally. He was at a roundtable event for seniors at the time when he said that. The president is more interested in making himself look better than saving American lives. Again, it's another case where he tells you exactly what he's thinking And people somehow defend it or just pass over it or don't address it. It is just amazing to me. And so I'm really hoping in November we can get rid of all this stuff. It'll be one of the greatest celebrations. And we are all going to celebrate together. Meanwhile, William Barr and Donald Trump are up to their normal tricks. Last week, they fired the Manhattan U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman, once again leaving Justice Department veterans baffled. So the story went that William Barr went on Friday night to basically try to push him into retiring. And Berman said, no, I'm not going to retire. You can't fire me. Only the president can fire me. And it turns out that William Barr sent him a letter that said the president basically, in effect, is firing you. So what they have done now is put his second in command, Audrey Strauss. Now, people are asking, why did they do this? And there is no definitive answer. But most people are under the impression that this happened because the president and some of his associates, including Rudy Giuliani are being investigated by the Southern District of New York, the same one that put Michael Cohen in jail, even though he's somehow out now, which I don't really understand. They let Michael Cohen out of jail and he can spend the rest of his time at home because of coronavirus concerns. So how come every single prisoner is not let out because of whatever I, I that I don't understand. Maybe I'll have to look into it or maybe can, somebody can send me a, a message as to why. Michael Cohen gets special treatment over other prisoners, but whatever. So Audrey Strauss is now in charge. However, it appears as if the president and William Barr want to put their own guy, a gentleman named Jay Clayton, 
who by all accounts would be just another Trump do-boy. Now, apparently there is something called the Blue Slip Veto System that grants the home state senators a say on who the who the nominee should be. And by all accounts, it does not appear as if this Clayton guy will be able to move forward. So right now, the cases that are pending and the the cases that are going on will continue to proceed, which for now is not good news for Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, or William Barr. And if Joe Biden wins in November, it's really going to be bad news for those three guys. So the unfortunate thing is we've seen this time and time again, bad people doing bad things and getting off and not getting any repercussions. But, you know, just it hanging over their head at this point is satisfying enough for me. And hopefully if we do get the victory in November that I am expecting, that 2021 will be way more satisfying than 2020. It's almost impossible to not be more satisfying than 2020, even if Donald Trump wins. Although, let us let me take that back. Because if Donald Trump wins, I, oh my God, I, I can't even... I know it's a podcast, so I can edit that last comment out because I don't want to disappoint anybody. And right now, I'm disappointed in myself for even bringing it up. But we'll leave it in. Because there is a possibility he can win. So that's why it's very, very, very important that we don't take our foot off the gas. Right now, it appears as if Joe Biden, if the election were held next week, if I said before, should be a shoe-in to win. But we thought that about Hillary. So this time around, we must take this as serious as anything we've ever taken in our lives. And leading up to November, like many of you, I know you are in this. I know you are ready for the fight. I am ready for the fight, and I will not give up, and I will do everything I can to convince people that another four years of Donald Trump is not good for anybody, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party. It doesn't matter. Four more years of this guy will destroy America. I truly believe that, and I'm not saying that to be an alarmist. I'm not saying it to be overdramatic. I truly believe four more years of Donald Trump will destroy us. It will destroy us for a very long time. I'm talking race relations. I'm talking about the climate. I'm talking about Supreme Court rulings. Although, I will say, a couple of Supreme Court rulings over the last couple weeks were pleasantly surprising. Although, I will also say, it's 2020, and we're just now getting to the point where if you're gay, you can't get fired from your job? I mean, I didn't even be, I'll be quite honest. I didn't realize that that wasn't a law already. It's 2020 and you're telling me you cannot be discriminated against at your job because you're gay. I, I, that's actually surprised me a little bit. I thought that that was something that was already in the bag, but I guess not. And the DACA ruling is just another slap in Donald Trump's face, which was awesome because You know, everybody was afraid with a Republican-leaning Supreme Court that everything would go Donald Trump's way, and two in the last week have not, which was pleasantly surprising. All right, so anyway, finally, John Bolton's book, The Room Where It Happened, 
comes out on Tuesday. And I'll be quite honest with you, I have zero interest in purchasing this guy's book. He had an opportunity at the impeachment hearings to give the truth and to come out as an American hero in a way to tell the truth at that particular time. But he decided to wait and sell out so he can get his money for his book. Now, am I still interested to hear what is in the book? Of course I am, and so are you. But will I contribute any money? Will I spend any money towards the book? No. I mean, I know he's already got paid. I know I'm sure he's got a nice advance. So whether we buy it or we don't buy it, he already got his money. But at the end of the day, the guy is as scummy as Donald Trump is. He always has been. Anybody calling out Donald Trump is great and I will also say this, he's not lying. You could say whatever you want. You could say he was fired, which by the way, he wasn't. He resigned first, and then Donald Trump came out the next day and said he was fired after he resigned, which again, is just another classic Donald Trump move. But go with whatever way it is you want to go. John Bolton is telling the truth about everything he's saying about Donald Trump, and so are pretty much all the other books about Donald Trump. So to sum up John Bolton's book, Donald Trump asked the president of China, President Xi, to help him cheat in this election. He's okay with Chinese concentration camps. There was an absolute quid pro quo with the Ukraine leader. And most people in the Trump administration think Trump's an idiot. So that's summing up his book. No need to buy it. Not that you were going to anyway. All you really need to do is tune into Run's House every single Monday, and we'll talk about stuff that you probably already know about, you know, unfortunately, with a podcast. I can't give you any breaking news. It's going to be stuff that you pretty much already know, but maybe we'll talk about this together. We'll listen, and maybe there is something you'll learn. But overall, we'll just have fun doing it. But anyway, again, as always, I thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Join me on Friday for another edition of Bar Talk, and I will be back next Monday, and we will talk some more. I hope you guys had a great Father's Day, and everybody else had a great weekend, and I will talk to you again next time. Thank you.